podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Transfer Committee podcast. This is for the summer of the 2022 season. So prior to the 2022-2023 kicking season kicking off, um, as you already must have listened to this before, we do two every year. So, But we will still introduce you to the team that works on this one. They are the A team on this pod. Um, first and foremost, the head scout of Anfield Index, Mr. Dave Hendrick. How are you doing? Evening, I'm good. How are you? Very good, thank you very much. It's uh, been a while since we've been on a pod, but we'll probably do two in two days now. Yes, that is the plan as things stand. Absolutely. Right, we have um, finance director extraordinaire, Mr. Mo Chatra, dropping bombs on Man City usually. But um, yeah, today, talking about transfers. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm leaving him alone at the moment. Um... <laughs> Yeah, having pity on them, mate. Are you having pity on them at the moment? Yeah, I, I just get bombarded by cry more type uh, messages from them. So let's get the Champions League out of the way. And if we win that, then I'll go full guns blazing against them lot. All 250 of them. <laughs> Fair enough. And um, the data man, head of data science. It's um, the head of stats and analytics, How, whatever you want to call him. Mr. Darth Kennett, force head choking. Head of force chokes. Well, that's it. Head of force chokes. He knew it was coming. And um, the father of Nat Phillips. How are you doing, mate? You okay? <laughs> I'm really good, Gax. How are you, mate? It's been a while since I was on um, uh, under pressure as well now. I'm on I mean, so, you're so. going to come back for the Champions League final and do that one, aren't you? Cause... I'm not sure. We'll see. Yeah, if there's room. <laughs> no, there's glory hungry. Yeah, that's it. Turn up and all the business is done. <laughs> I'm, I'm not here, so you're going to have to... Yeah, unless, uh, ah, yes, then I will. Then I will jump on and, and host. Yeah. Absolutely. Can't leave the could do business it. to Rundish, can you? <laughs> no, he just starts the pod as if we're talking. But anyway, this isn't to uh, rip up on Brundish. Like I'll, be see, I'll be seeing him in Paris in a few days. But um, okay, we've, this is a really different one this year because we've done some business already. Carvalho's done, and we did Diaz in also the year. And the season, we've still got a game to go, absolutely. There's lots of rumours flying around about some things that are going on, maybe not. I think we should start there, actually, with the midfielder. It's, uh, I don't know, I can't even pronounce the name. Tuchemeni, is that right? Aurelian Chuameni. Chuameni, there you go. Right, so Chuameni is is the guy that we're linked to. Can we just just recap who we actually signed in January on this pod? Yeah, let's do it, if you remember. Yeah, absolutely, because we we signed Chuameni, Conrad Lehmer, and Darwin Nunes in the January pod. That was our that was our three man incoming. Boom! So <laughs> we just just take those three again. 
And the only reason we didn't sign Diaz is because before the pod, when we were picking positions, we wanted a nine rather than a wide forward. Primarily a nine, Gag said. Oh, yeah, that's really yeah otherwise we, we absolutely would have been all over Luis Diaz. So um, despite Sam Maguire telling me that he was too expensive uh, because Sam likes to just piss on my parade every couple of days just to you know get his own get his own giggles going. But yeah, so that that was our that was our January window gags, and um, let's um, just repeat that pod. Can we insert it in this? But now we won't do that. <laughs> but, um, basically, so two, so two or many. The rumours are he's off to Madrid. He's now off to Paris. Supposed to be coming to Liverpool. Um, so he's he's in a three way uh, at the moment. In uh, I mean, I don't know. Nobody knows the truth and what's going on, but. He's literally linked to all three now uh, from today. That's mm. the latest. So, is he in what a we, menage a trois, Gags? We don't know. We don't, we don't, we don't know. So, I, I think what we're going to... is always a good place to be. It is. What we're going to have to do is assume that uh, there have to be some alternatives uh, to this player. So, Dave, let's start with who you think the alternatives would be to this player if Liverpool do not sign him. Right, so he's a really unique profile of player who excels as both a six or as a box-to-box number eight. And he has enormous potential to be whichever one you want him to be long-term. I I, I would say in the short term, we'd have been looking at him as that box-to-box eight, have him, Fabinho and Thiago as the first-choice midfielder, a first-choice midfield, and then longer term, perhaps, transition him as Fabinho's replacement as the number six. So if he doesn't happen, and obviously there's a lot of conflicting reports going on at the minute, that RMC report that said he told his teammates he was joining Real Madrid has looks like it was nonsense, looks like it's something that may have come from Real Madrid, maybe in an attempt to push us out of the race so they could lower the price down on him because reports in Spain are they don't want to pay anywhere close to the 80 million euro that Monaco are looking for. So if we don't sign him, uh, there's nobody out there who is that profile of player. Declan Rice, maybe you could make an argument for, but his price tag is going to be extortionate. Calvin Phillips, potentially, but I'm not sure he's of the level that we would want. There's also some injury issues there that you might have to have concern with. So. What I've done is I've put together two lists, one for box-to-box type midfielders who can play the number eight position for us and one for uh, defensive midfielders. Now, I know that the data department have a couple of people they'd like to include as well. So I'll I'll leave it to Dan once I've done mine to, uh, to talk of those as well. So the four I've got are Conrad Lamer, who is a, a, a staple on this podcast. I think we've brought him up for probably the last four windows, maybe. Um, dynamic player, the best presser in Europe. Can play multiple positions. He can play the six. I don't know that you'd want him there long term. He can play right back. He's probably best in our system as an eight. My concern with him would be I think you're buying what he's going to be. I don't think there's much of a development ceiling on him. He is a very good player. I just don't know that he has a step to great player in him. But good on the ball, lots of energy, very, very good off the ball, clever player, and like I say, versatile. 
Uh, Matthias Nunes of Sporting would be next. Again, can play the six. Can play can play the six when needed, but is best used as that eight, as that sort of destructive force off the ball. Really good ball carrier, progressive minded, aggressive. Rumored to be one of the people Pep Guardiola has looked at as a sort of Fernandinho replacement in terms of that old Fernandinho, that more dynamic, rangy, box-to-box player that played with Nigel de Jong rather than this sort of later edition of him that was more of a sitting player. Nunes fits the age profile for us. He's had a bit of an inconsistent season, but there's a lot of talent there. And last season, he was outstanding. Uh, Yves Basuma, I've got next. He can do everything. I mean, he is a really well-rounded midfielder. He's good in all aspects. There might not be anything that he stand out great in, but he's good at everything and not bad at anything. The knock on him could be there is a legal case hanging over his head that may rule him out of our consideration. Aston Villa obviously strongly linked. He's been linked to a couple of other clubs. Going into, I think, the last year of his contract, so the price could be something that we'd like. Very, very good player. Again, like Lamer, not sure he has that step to great in him, but certainly a player who's proven he can play in the Premier League. And then Quadio Kone of Borussia Mönchengladbach. Basically, Basuma, but four years younger, no attitude problems, no legal issues has more experience in that number six position as well. This season, he's played as a right-sided eight, as a six. He's played in a two. Super dynamic player, good ball carrier, good passer of the ball, really aggressive at winning the ball back. Upside is enormous with him. He's just had a sensational season with Gladbach in a bad Gladbach team, massively outperforming Florian Newhouse, who'd been linked to us before. I think he might be the one of this four, but my suggestion would be that we look at one from this group and one from the group of players who are predominantly a six. Because what we were looking at paying for Chuameni will cover basically any two from this group. My defensive midfielders, Amadou Onana from Lille, was at Hoffenheim, was at Hamburg, moved to Lille last summer to replace uh, Bubakari Samari, who went to Leicester. Tall and rangy, 6'4", really good athlete. Shades of Vieira in terms of how he can pick the ball up and just carry it forward. Big, long stride on him. Wins the ball back really well. Very aggressive. He's young and he's got flaws in his game that need to be ironed out. But I think he could be a massive talent. Uh, Check to Kure. Just a really good all-round number six. Young Plenty of potential, only 22, aggressive in the tackle, decent passer of the ball, good positionally. Uh, John Onana, very similar to Czech Dukuri. Onana can actually play a bit more advanced as well if you need him to. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of um, Connor Gallagher in that kind of never-ending movement type of player, but can play as a six and hold things really well. And Mohamed Kamara from RB Salzburg, who is another young player, uh, Mali International, I believe. Good ball winner, good shielder, clever player, reads the game well, keeps things ticking, doesn't try to take too much out of the ball. 
might have some limitations in terms of his ability on the ball, but at 22, I think you can hope for development. And then the last one to put on that list would be Ibrahim Sanger of PSV Eindhoven. He's the most ready of the defensive midfield list, without question. He's 24, I think he turns 25 later this year. Good ball winner, great athlete. Limitations on the ball, and I think quite a low ceiling. I think you get him for what he is now, and I think he can be a very good squad player for us. I don't know that he's necessarily good enough to become a starter for us, and that will be my concern on him, but he has been linked to us in recent days. So that'll be my two lists. The four-man list for box-to-box, Lamer, Nunes, Basuma, and Kone, and the five-man list for the holding midfield role, Onana, Dekure, the other Onana, and Kamara. Okay, let's get um, let's do the numbers, Darth, on these guys. Yeah. Um, so Dave was right about too many having a, um, a a unique profile. He he is the one who kind of ticks all all the boxes. Um, he plays a lot um, for a start, which is which is which is an underrated thing. He, you know, in terms in terms of what he you know three and three and a, uh, like over three thousand minutes um, for Monaco the last two seasons. Um, <clears throat> he's also um, the closest in physical stature to Fabinho um, at the moment. So Fabinho is like one meter eighty eight, seventy eight kilos, and Chuameni is one meter eighty five, seventy five kilos. The only one of the other one who's um, close really on the list is um, is uh, the Portuguese fella um, Nunes. Um, one meter eighty three and seventy eight kilos. Um, so and possibly Basuma after that. But so they, they, you've always got to like that physical stature as well. You know, especially at a young age with too many he's got. So so he's got that on his side as well. Um, if you look at, for example, ball progression across those players, all too many. Again, he's a very good ball progressor for his position. Where he's very good in the air as well. Um, he, he 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 stands out one v one, and he also stands out with with actually his, his tackles and interceptions, and his carries on the ball as well. So he basically all all of the there isn't really an obvious weakness in his game. So right, let's let's take some of the big players like just like Conrad Lehmer. He um he for example has all the attacking output, but that's because largely because he plays in a very good Leipzig team. Um, but the He's, he also has the um, uh, the pressing. That's probably the only thing that Chiumeni doesn't really stand out on is the pressing. Now that might just be because Monaco aren't a particularly pressing team. Uh, uh, Dave, I can't. I can either confirm or deny that whether Monaco is a team. Or not, not not the two central midfielders. No, they're they're very much sit and hold and let let others press at a position, but you shield that defence. Him and Yusuf Fafana very much tasked with just sitting and holding winning the ball when it comes into that central area, trying to force things wide. Yeah. Okay. So, lehman has got the, he's also got the ball progression. Um, he's, he's good with the, with the tackles and interceptions and the carries. It, he's, he's got a, he's got two weaknesses, which is aerially, um, and also on the one we won duels, he does get a lot of dribble pass and he did, but that's probably going to be a legacy of also with his pressing. He's leaving more, more exposed to being dribble passed as well. Uh, Yves Basuma, um, Dave mentioned the uh, the rape trial, which is pending. Um, 
there, but um, he he is he is a, as you said he's a pretty solid all round player. Obviously, two years plus for Brighton. Um, the only thing he really hasn't got is ball progression to any great degree. Uh, he, he's especially strong on in the one v one situation, uh, which is good because uh, we he's going to get exposed in our system, and he has to be good one v one. Um, and um, the tackles and interceptions to him are good. Nunes, we have to take really on the scouting department's views because, because unfortunately, once again, the Portuguese league isn't isn't adequately covered by our data providers. Gags. We still haven't sorted that license out yet. <laughs> Maybe we need to get Sam Maguire's company to feed us the data so we can do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the Portuguese league. Uh, Kone, um, only one season, I think uh, Dave said here, but twenty-one years old. Um, just under six foot, um, he has got some really quite interesting features in his profile. His passing looks progressive. Um, he does look good one v one, and no obvious, no glaring weaknesses apart from in the attacking side. You know him, um, but you know that's he, he's twenty one and he's playing. You know in 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 the, in the Bundesliga. So um, his tackles and interceptions are good. His carries are good. Um, the ones Dave mentioned about wanted to throw in uh, as, um, as as additions to this is first of all is Yuri Tielemans, um, who is now twenty five. Um, now the reason why Tielemans is appealing um, is not only because he has a very very good profile as a kind of um, as an eight and a, an attacking midfielder, um, but we've we've talked about him on this podcast before. But he's still only twenty five, mm. um, and he started this basically his career age 16 and he's got 10 full seasons. He's got 31,000 minutes of playing time in his career. And the next on this list we've got, but the next highest player is Conrad Lehmann, who's got 14,000 minutes. It's, it's pretty astonishing. So in terms of his experience and what you're going to get for somebody who is uh, 25 and he's in his contract situation is, is an extremely an attractive proposition because he is like the finished article and he's a very, very good player, as we know. Uh, plus, the only the only disappointment would be that he's been plodding around playing Brendan Ball for the last two years, um, and he's probably a little bit out of shape. But if Klopp can, uh, if if he can if he can turn Thiago, and you know, as, what did Thiago say the other day, Gags? He says that you taught me how to run. I think uh, I think Kloppo can do the same with uh, with Yuri Tielemans as well. My only concern with Tielemans is has he played too many minutes at this point in his career? So I've seen a few people looking into, you know, these high-profile youngsters that explode at 16, 17, 18. They're playing three and 4,000 minutes in their late teens into their early 20s. Yeah. And then there's, like, a sharp drop-off. And, like, Marcus Rashford and Deli Ali would be two prime examples. Jack so, and, and Jack Wilshere is another. And that would be my only... Re- That's one of my concerns with Tiedemann. The other, the other one of the reasons he wasn't part of my list was... I do just wonder if he's dynamic enough, if if what we're looking for is more of a chaos maker, like what Henderson used to be, someone that can go and break things up and cause a bit of chaos. And I'm not sure Tielemans can do that. I think Tielemans, if we signed him, could potentially become the left-sided eight in a year or two, that more playmaker type where, where Thiago and Naby kind of play now. So I'd absolutely be in favour of him. And, and the other uh, option Dan has, it, it, my thought is exactly the same. Great, great player, but I think more suited to that left-sided role 
that playmaker sort of dictating role than that dynamic sort of go and cause things to happen type of role. Yeah, uh, Benazir. Yeah, oh, Benazir. Is it yeah. Benazir? Yeah. Benazir, yeah. Of, of AC Milan. Uh, so he's 24. Um, very good in on the attacking side of it. Very good ball progression. Um, no, uh, aerially is his only real weakness. Um, um, 1v1, um, he, he's passable um, compared to the others. He's not he, he's weaker side of things. But in ta- tackles and interception and his carries are, are very, very good. So he is that more progressive eight, um, as Dave was saying. Um, and then the other, um, Sangari, again, is another one like Nunes. It would be a scouting decision. Again, it's it's difficult to get the, uh, the data on, on some of these players. Um, but of all the other ones that Dave mentioned, I think the one who is the best of the younger profile, um, off on the stats pick is is Coney. Okay. Have we lost you there, Darth? No, no, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, that's fine. I thought you were going to expand. No, no, because I, I did. I already did Coney. I was just saying, yeah. trying to come back to him. But you know, the other ones which are on the list for the uh, you know for the specialist DM position, the, you know, the ones that does stand out the best of all those ones on the list are, of similar price is is Coney. Okay, uh, is that everything? We we can go to Mo next. Yeah, yeah, Mo, come on, then give us some numbers. Uh, we'll do. But just before we come on to the numbers, I think it's important to just uh, make note of the fact that. We have um, slight issues around the homegrown rule. Um, so the typical rule is that you're allowed no more than 17 non-homegrown players in a first-team squad of 25, or up to 25, um, and therefore eight homegrown. Now, we only had seven homegrown, um, and so the squad size in the second half of the season, after January transfer window, was only 24. Now, the 17, we maxed that at. Um, at the second half of the season uh, were comprised of Thiago, Bobby, Alisson, uh, Diaz, Fabinho, Naby, uh, Canate, Sadio, Matip, Minamino, Origi, Robertson. Robertson is not classed as homegrown. Um, Mo, Adrian, Jota, Simicas, and Van Dijk. Now we do know obviously that Origi is moving on um, and it's possible that you know, Tacky might go, um, and possibly one of the front three. Um, and Adrian. A- Adrian might be another possibility. Um, so that that's just something to bear in mind when it comes to, you know, the discussion to uh, be had during uh, this transfer committee. But uh, in, in terms of the numbers, um, so let's start with um, the box-to-box uh, midfielders to begin with. Um, so Conrad Lamer, um He's valued at £20 million. He only has a year left on his contract. Um, So that's the same valuation that we placed on him um, in the January window. And, uh, you know, Leipzig in recent years have been good at, you know, extracting good value um, from some of their prized assets. So uh, I think that uh, we struggled to get him for less than that, despite the fact he's only got a year left. Uh, Nunez um, from Sporting. um, I I think that £25 is what... um, Sporting would look for. Um, he also um, is linked. He's also part of the TFM agency, um, who are one of the top twenty biggest um, agencies when it comes to representing footballers in the world. Um, so their agents' fees could be potentially higher than some of these other players that we're discussing. 
uh, Bisuma. Um, like Lamer, also has a year left on his contract, um, though Brighton, I would suspect, because he's obviously um, played with um, several years of Premier League experience, they would look for 30 million. Um, they might struggle to get takers at that, given um, obviously the um, potential court case hanging over his head. Um, but nonetheless, I think that's what they'd be pushing for. Um, and then Kone um, from Mönchengladbach is building up a bit of hype. Um, so I think 20 million could um, snap him up. Um, Tielemans is is the um, box-to-box midfielder that was also touched on by Dan. Um, he also has a year left on his contract. Um, he is valued at um, 35 million. So if we went back to last summer, I think that Leicester wouldn't have entertained any bids below 50 million, but obviously with a year left, um, we're looking at around 35. Now moving on to the DMs. Um, so um, Onana of Lille, um, he's only 20 years old um, and he is valued at 12 million pounds. And Ducure of Lens is also valued at 12 million pounds, age is 22. He has two years left on his contract though. Um, Bordeaux's Onana, um, he's valued slightly less at £10 million. Um, age profile is good at 22. Um, and uh, Kamara of Salzburg, he is valued also at £10 million. He's represented by Sports360, who again is one of the bigger agencies out there. Um, Sangare is valued at £15 million. He had a, quite a, a strong season for PSV and um, also is play with uh, several years of um, top flight experience so his valuation is slightly higher and then ben, ben, how do you pronounce it Benacare Benacare um, I, I think um, that player would be valued at 25 million obviously has had a good season um, for the new um, Serie A champions AC Milan though the, the only question Mark I'd have is his injury history um, he, he did spend quite a bit of time out injured in the 2021 season. Not so bad in uh, the most recently completed season, um, but that would be my only question mark around him. Thank you, Mo. Um, Basuma's out. I don't even want to discuss it. It's just a some pasta dickhead test, unfortunately. Um, even just having it, I mean, you know, he's not guilty yet, but just even if it's got there, to be honest, I don't think we even don't even think we go there. Well, we don't know where it is. Like the, the the thing is, he was arrested in a nightclub in Brighton on suspicion of sexual assault, but there's been nothing really said about it since then. So uh, who knows we, what I think what the legal situation clear. is? I th- exactly. I think we just steer clear because just buying a player with that over the head if it mm. was all sorted dave and you know oh yeah 100 i think i think yeah you can go for him you know if it was that way but you know just you got to be careful with all the mendy stuff that's happened and you know just it's you just have to be careful i think we just err on the side of, you know on the, on the side of caution really more than anything um whilst these things are going on we we you know we got our fan base and we have our own principles as well as people and and football, and if we were, and, and you know, we're trying to pretend to be the owners and the manager, and they might think they would be the, be the same, you know. <laughs> um, there's something just put in the chat that made me laugh. Sorry, it's supposed to be very serious, but anyway, thanks, mate. Here, here, Nick. I'll say your name. 
but Pat. Should I say Pat? Sorry about that, Pat. Yeah. Um, okay. So, which way are we 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 edging here? I mean, Kone sounds like somebody. I want to go. I want to go for one of each. If because obviously, what you've all pointed out to me is that we can't. There's not one person that replaces too many, and that's that's the problem. And so, I would go for two. And and I know Mo, you've said about the, you know, overseas. I think there's going to be plenty of ins and outs really for that. To to you know, we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be well, okay. It- if we consider it like this, Adrian didn't play a single game this season. He can be re-signed as the training goalkeeper and just not registered in the same way Carius was at the club this year and just not registered. And our, you know, three goalkeepers, if we need a third one, could be Pitaluga, who's under the age where he classifies as either and will eventually become a homegrown player. Uh, Kelleher and, Ad- and Alison, obviously. So Adrian has won. If Taki goes, I think we've just got his replacement in Carvalho, not in terms of a similar player, but in terms of who gets his minutes. Now, he'll get more minutes think, than Taki. He may also be the one that swallows up Divock's minutes next year in Carvalho. So with those two going and Carvalho coming in, he doesn't actually affect the quota either way because he's under the age, but he will become a homegrown player when he turns 21. So I don't think we actually need to worry about the quota all that much. It may be a case where we only have a registered squad of 22-23, but then we have Curtis, Reese, Harvey, and Carvalho all playing varying minutes. Reese would play minimal minutes, obviously. The other three could play quite a lot of minutes, and none of them would be registered as homegrown, but all would be homegrown players. Yep, yeah, I agree. So, not, no worries there. Well. Yeah, but he yeah. doesn't count yet. That's the thing. Yeah, he, he's 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 under this 21, yeah. Yeah, the kids in it. Uh, how old's gonna co- No, Jones is going to count now. Yeah, 21. Yeah. No, you have to be 21. There's, it's, the, the rule is funny. Somebody pointed out to me the other day. You have to be 21 by hmm. the January of the season. It starts, and Curtis doesn't count. Curtis will be 21 when the season starts, but he won't have been 21 in the January. Yeah. Oh, he's, tw- so. he's, 20, he's 21 already, right? So he still counts as academy, so he's unlimited. Yeah, he'll be still academy next season, so we don't have to register him. Right, okay. Right, because he because he turned 21 in in Jan, basically. So if he, if he had turned Curtis. it in December, he would have... Something would have along been those a, lines, yeah. Something, yeah. something bizarre. Right. That's a bit sure bad. He's 30, born 30 days too late, mate. Bloody hell. Basically, anyway. yeah. Um, <laughs> right, so budget-wise... Um, See, I didn't really go to budget because I have a few assumptions. We're loaded right now, but but we'll get the official official numbers from from Mo. And also, the numbers we've put here haven't really frightened me in terms of whoa, that's expensive. Um, a lot of people coming to the end of the contract. A lot of people unproven, you know. Um, but but Mo, we are going to earn. Because we know we're in the last game of the season, no matter what. It's a four million here or there if we win the final or not. But we're going to earn a truckload. A truckload this season. It's guaranteed to be 200, I don't know, 260 million plus just from, from TV. Just from TV. Just TV, guys. 260 yeah. million. We didn't earn, used to earn that in a full year of everything in the past. That's not counting any commercial revenue. Two sixty million plus. Woo. Yeah, I mean, 
it was about a few weeks ago that I um, tweeted out that I estimated Liverpool on track to earn 580 million um, for this complete. Well, we haven't even completed the season, but uh, the 21-22 season. Um, but I, I think it's possible that that figure might start to slightly increase further still and could sneak up towards 590 to 600 million, which is an increase on last year's turnover by in excess of 100 million pounds. So, so that is absolutely staggering. So if we're talking about what available funds there are, <laughs> there is huge amounts of funds available. I mean, we're talking before we even have to think about selling players and raising proceeds from player sales comfortably in a conservative estimate, we're talking 120 million. Now, bear in mind that we, when we sign players, uh, fees are almost always paid in instalments. So 120 million, you know, as a general rule of thumb, will equate to about a 40 million pound outlay um, this, this summer. So if we've generated hundred million pound more than we did last season and granted the wage bill will be higher because obviously we've got to the champions league final um bonuses for wins goals and all the rest of it will be significant but nonetheless um you know we would have budgeted for a fair amount less several tens of millions less than we've actually generated this season um so yeah we, we are swimming in money literally and uh, so, it, as, as you mentioned earlier, it really shouldn't be a major concern. So we're, we're talking 120 million and that's conservative. If we had to go higher than that, um, then it really shouldn't cause a problem. And you just have to look at an Arsenal, for example, who last season um, spent about 150 million in the summer 21 window. Um, and this is a club that uh, failed to make Europe. That net? Is that net or... Um, no, that was, that was gross, um, but they, right. they didn't generate huge amounts um, no, from sales. Um, so I think their net from memory was around 90 to 100 million, maybe even more than that. Um, and, and this is a club that had turnovers significantly below what we had last season. And that number was a good couple hundred million below what we would have achieved this season. So, you know, and, and this in Arsenal is not a club that goes out and spends in a reckless way like an Everton, for example. So. Um, yeah, we, we are in a very comfortable position, and as you say, it, it shouldn't really be a major concern. Arsenal's net spend last summer was 115 million. Fucking man, fucking, and you know, uh, Liverpool don't do things like that. They just don't, unless it's time. And Darth, we talk about this a lot. I mean, we or mm. I mentioned it a lot, but you talked about it. I kind of learned it from when you uh, used to talk about it a lot. We have cycles in the way we do transfers. Uh, the, the evidence is now building as there's more time that goes on as a successful club. Uh, we are now at a point of a cycle where 2018, everybody's paid off in this cycle. You know, yeah. the amortization, everything. Those players that started, that came and joined in 2018, the, the legendary team that has gone on to become this super team uh, with the VVD, starting with the VVD and um, Alisson, Peter, Fabinho, Shakiri, the signings that came. And obviously, there's still more that came afterwards with Thiago, Jota and others. Uh, Kanate, obviously. Now, but, but those main ones in that 2018 summer, shall we say, January and summer, we're ready now to do that kind of investment again. At that time, we needed that cash influx from a Coutinho sale. I don't think we need that anymore, Doth. So we don't really no, need to do that. Although, one thing to always look out for, 
um, is mm. that um, players who have been largely paid off in, in on and, and their book values who could have good sale value and therefore could generate a lot amount of a large amount of profit. Um, isn't that, uh, that right? that's, that's a nice little trick, isn't it, Mo? Sometimes you like to pull out. Uh... Yeah, and we're going to get to that at this in the second part of this podcast, yeah. which becomes more of a what if podcast. But yeah. I think what we want to do is discuss who we want to buy out of the out of the the, the two um, I mean, is, categories. Is, are we all agreed that the priority is to um, pay up to eighty million for too many? Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Because because if one player can fill two two roles like he can, yeah. and also he he ticks all the boxes. We talk about Klopp loving height in his team. We you know we talk about mm. all those things where he that there's also you know evidence that a taller team is going to do better. Like something else that uh, Dave said about. Um, you know, having someone like a too many forces clubs to go out wide, we're happy for them cro- to cross in. We've got we've got beasts in the box to head it out. Yeah. They're going to win the ball, all of them. You know, in the air, we've got they're all amazing. Canate. We've also got fullbacks. They're very good at blocking crosses as well. Yeah, which plays absolutely. into our hands. Too many is one of one. There is one of him, and there isn't another one to be found anywhere on the market. And he reminds me very much of when we went for Virgil. And everybody said, there's no way we'll pay that type of money. There's no way we want to pay that type of money. If there is one of him, and there is only one, we will pay the money. The question will be, will he decide to join us? I think we have everything in place from our end. Wages, bonuses, signing bonuses, agent fees, etc., etc., etc. I think we're happy to pay the fee that Monaco are looking for. The question will be, will his head get turned? by either PSG and the possibility of linking up with Mbappe and obviously the big truckload of cash that they'll throw at him as well, or going to Real Madrid. If he makes a footballing decision, if he based on where the best move for him is, he joins us. He would start for both us and and PSG. He doesn't start at Real Madrid because he's not going to play as an eight in their system. And in all likelihood, Casemiro's not going anywhere for a couple of years. And we know how stubborn Real have been at moving on. Modric and Cruz, even though Valverde and Camavinga have outperformed both of them this season. But Camavinga's minutes dropped by half from what he'd been putting forward at Ren. Half this season at Real, despite Real playing more games than Ren do. So if Camavinga, if Chumeni wants to make a footballing decision, he joins us. Obviously, he'd start at PSG, but this, the situation at PSG, that's not a football club. That's a science experiment or something. You join Liverpool on a five-year deal. You can still go to Real Madrid in five years, in four years. And the thing is, if you join Liverpool now, you know Jurgen Klopp is locked in for the next four years. You go to PSG, God knows how many managers they'll have in that time. Go to Real Madrid, God knows how many they'll have in that time. Since Klopp took over at Liverpool, Real have had four or five different managers. Zidane twice, Solari, and Carlo. And Lupetegui, so five, since Klopp took over Liverpool. They've had five managers. Go back the last ten years, they've had eight managers, we've had four. And two of ours were always short-term things, Hodgson and Kenny. That is not a club where there's long-term stability. It's also not a club that develops players very well. Look back over the last 20 years 
And outside of Sergio Ramos, who went from being a really promising right back to the most overrated centre back the game has ever seen, and Rafael Varane, who developed from a young centre back into, at his peak, probably one of the five best centre backs on the planet before he fell off. Outside of those two, who have they developed in the last 20 years? Marcelo, maybe, but he was a really good player when he joined them. Cam, uh, Casemiro, the only knock on him was ever, he's not quite right in the head. He's still not right, quite right in the head, but his talent has shone through. But loads of players have gone there from Luka Jovic and Hakimi and Teo Hernandez and others and never been given an opportunity. Look at Martin Odegaard, super talented player, went to Real, stagnated and had to get himself out on loan to develop. Real don't develop players well. Camavinga's not as good as he was last year. He's still excellent. But he's not as good as he was last year. Valverde hasn't kicked on in the last 18 months. If he wants to make the right footballing decision, he joins us. If he wants to stay home in France and be part of you know, Mbappe's inner circle, he goes to PSG. If he wants whatever it is that Real Madrid can offer, big bag of money and the prestige of playing for Real Madrid, that's where he goes. But if it's a footballing decision, Liverpool is the clear choice for him. And he is, he is one of one. There is no getting another version of him. Yeah, you have and to find another plan. And that's what we pieced together just there. So I think that's that's we clear. Bags. We signed. Yeah. Uh, we were talk- we had Camavinga, didn't we, on this pod as well? As yeah, well. yeah. And, and, and you know, then, he 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 makes a massive difference for them when he comes on Real Madrid. You can see the quality mm-hmm. oozing out of that player. There's you know? been multiple reports this season that he's already fed up and wants to leave because he's not getting his games. Now he's played a lot more since since Christmas than he did pre Christmas, but. Multiple reports that he's not happy. And they're from fairly reliable French journalists who would have access to him and his, his inner circle that he's not happy at Real Madrid and regrets going there. So, I mean, I think we can agree that this is our part to make these decisions. So we can say that this is our plan A and we're going to, and Jürgen's going to fly him to Blackpool and then um, <laughs> convince him to sign, right? Mm. Um, yeah, that's plan A. Yeah, that's, plan A that's, has that's, to be him. Well, so, yeah, there's there's rumours that's already happened. Um, anyway, but we 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 look at the end of the day, it's the kids' choice. Again? It's the kids' choice now, right? Yeah. No, it was it was a bit closer to home than Blackpool, but yeah, um, I, I, there was there was tunnels and stuff that you had to go through. But yeah, we we know where that is now. Uh, wasn't I say so? The point is, it's up to the kid now, right? So we're we're gonna make an assumption here, a couple of assumptions here. One, if you know, he did decide. He's number one choice. He's absolutely number one choice, as as we've all put. He's number one choice. He would be signed no matter what. We wouldn't even look at anyone else. But we're doing a what if scenario today. What if yeah. he so joins? In terms of the budget, that, we're gonna we're gonna factor aside seventy million for him. Yeah. Yes, that's fine. And you know, ten million add-ons is fine, right? That's cool. So we've got seventy million to play with for two players to replace him because. Midfield is a particular concern for me, mm-hmm. whereas we have already injury-prone players in the team. And yes, Zone 7, uh, you know, the software we're using and you know, everything that's going with it has been wonderful. But as you've seen towards the end of the season, if you want to go for everything, you know, you're going to need to have options. so that, Or you need to manage the, the, the squad better early on in the season so that we don't get to a point where everybody's falling apart in the last two games when it's really, really serious. And, you know, you can push on to win a title. So we assume, do we also assume then that uh, Milner's not being renewed? Hopefully. 
Um, this is our decision. This is our decision. So, so, so I, I, I want to keep it as realistic as possible. And I think going, judging, and this is, by the way, judging by what Klopp said the other day, where he said the only person leaving as of now is Divock. Um, for, as we know, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he is, you know, I think he's going to end up because there was no, like, like, like Mark's just said there in the, in the chat, there was no send off. There would have been a send off if Milner was going. Hundred percent would yeah. have got a a. Um, it doesn't mean he's going to get a contract. Would Milner it? want that though? Like, would yeah. Milner want a send off? I don't think. I don't think he's not about him wanting it. It's about. Of him course it is. It. Yeah, but of course it is. If, if Milner, look, Milner is the most uncomfortable person in the world when the spotlight is on him, and all of the spotlight of Anfield was on Divock, and Divock loves that type of thing. I don't know that Milner would like that. The other thing I'd say is. Divock has already signed for someone else. Milner hasn't. So Milner's still basically a free agent come the summer. Divock wasn't. Divock signed from Milan weeks ago. So that's as, as when Klopp says as the only person definitely leaving is Divock, that's because Divock has signed for somebody month, else. Give it a but, month, but, he'll be but, unattached, but, won't but, he? But, but, you know? yeah. but, but Darth, it doesn't matter. Milner's minutes are going down every single yeah, year. Yeah, but a point is. Whether, whether know, he stays or not. Point yeah. is, it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna compete I'm with a new midfielder or two midfielders. Pod, should we just say mm. he's? We assume he's not renewing. Okay, because he hasn't renewed yet. I yeah. think it's safer to say he's not renewing. Yeah, because we haven't heard he either way. Things up on the wage bill as well. So. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I don't, I, I don't think these players. two. I don't think these two new players affect the wage bill that much in comparison, though, just because of the profiles of them. Do you think we're going for... Does that make sense, Mo, or no? Yeah, it does, yeah. I mean, yeah. Milner obviously is... Uh, Divock, you know, Div- Divock covers them? Divock covers them with his six figures? Yes, but Milner covers this new contract for Salah is the point. The difference between what Mo earns now and what Mo wants is basically what James Milner currently earns. The difference between 200 grand and 350 is James Milner. Yeah, we can... We, can, we, we are loaded now, Dave. We can afford both. So... It's okay. So Milner was basically sixth in the rotation, wasn't he? Exactly. With alongside Jones, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, you're looking for somebody to be. A, um, so too many would come in, in into the rotation higher up the pecking order than that. But so mm. we're, we're, as a as a bare minimum, we're going to need somebody to come in into into the. You know, I think he'd go higher than Cater. That's 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 the the, the level of the player. Ideally, you want to, when you sign players, you ideally want to sign somebody who's better than all the other players you could. Yeah, if you sign Chuameni, he's he's above everybody bar Fabinho and Thiago. Like he's a starter from day one, and Naby and Henderson become sort of the rotation starters. But your first choice three are Chuameni, Fabinho, and Thiago, hmm. and then Henderson and Naby become the spot starters of the the, the rotation. And then the rest, Harvey, Milner, Curtis, and if we sign whatever else, um, they're like your rotational players who you bring in for cup games and, you know, for league games against the Dross or the dead rubber in the Champions League and they, you know, come off the bench and fill minutes that way. But you basically want five starters and we've got four at the moment. In the Premier League, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, so the boring choice, obviously, Gags is, is Conrad Lehmer again, but we already did that in January, so we should do some variety because, you know, we, we bought him then in January to cover Trent um, and uh, to play. Uh, the, the Milner replacement is a utility player in midfield. 
So why are your recommendations not from a numbers point of view? Well, um, I'd say if we wanted somebody other than Lamer, because we've done it before, mm. then Kone, but also Tielemans because of the um, because of the proven Premier League proven attacking quality, and the um, you know he he basically would give a good. If you had him on the left with Thiago, he basically hopefully preserved Thiago from having any injury problems next year. And then Naby can play focus on the on the right eight role where he can play equally well. But I need a six as well. well I want someone to what if we look at it this way? If we were to sign Kone and Yuri Tielemans, then Thiago and Tielemans on the left, Kone and Naby on the right, Fabinho and Brian as the sixes. Can Kone play the cover the six for Gladbach? Yes. Yes. Okay. Kone can play the six. So as long as Kone is you know, multi, you know, he's a utility player and he can play multiple positions. I think the mistake, the only mistake I could see would be buying somebody who could only play one position. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with that. And like, um... Del, Del is saying he's not sold on Tielemans after this season. That's nonsense. First of all, Tielemans has actually had an okay season. Secondly, last year he's one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. The year before, he's one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. If we start writing players off after one season, we'd be writing off half the league. Yeah, like, also, it's just, it's a silly thing to do. Yuri Thielemans is a very, very, very good player. But also, and he, Del, uh, Dave, is that he has been playing Brendan Ball. And Brendan well, that's the thing. Like, Brendan's second season ball. Brendan makes oh, everybody worse eventually because they just get sick of listening to him. And Leicester have been a train wreck this season. Like, Yuri Thielemans has had to play as the holding midfielder in a bunch of games this season. Like, that's like putting Milner at centre-back. It's just, it's nonsensical, especially when you have other options, as Brendan has had. I I think you bring in Kone. Thielemans, you know, is good enough to be a starter for us. Whether it's an every-game starter or a rotational starter, he's good enough. Kone is the guy who could come in and be a real difference-maker. He could be the one that comes in and develops and explodes and becomes a foundational piece of the team. So, Kone makes sense to me. And if you bring in Thielemans Curtis Jones, and we should send them some, and most of them as starts. So Thiago and Telemans, Milner and Harvey, and that's your eight-man midfield. With 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 uh, with Lamer gags. I mean, if we're definitely signing Ramsey from Aberdeen, then the case for Lamer does get less strong because you, you, you Lamer, you're looking for that because he could cover Trent as well. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's just going to be too many. But what I need to know from Mo, can you remind me of the da- Yeah, yeah, I think so. Can you remind me of the damage, uh, Mo, of uh, Kone and Tielemans, please? Uh, both uh, prospective wage and also fee. Sure. So um, certainly with Tielemans, um, we're looking at a fee of £35 million, only a year left on his contract with Leicester. Um, Kone, um, £20 million, um, should secure him from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, in terms of um, wages, uh, Tielemans... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but I think with Leicester, he's probably in the region of about 60000 a week. 
Um, I think he's on eighty. I think they broke their wage structure for the like the, only the, the second time after Vardy to give because obviously he came from Monaco. He'd been at Anderlecht. He was like this highly sought after prize. Monaco got him, gave him a big wage. Didn't really work. Went on loan to Leicester, and I think for Leicester to convince them, they had to give him. I think it's about eighty grand a week. Right. Okay. So he wouldn't come for less than that. So we were probably looking at. Yeah, pretty much Divock wages going on Tielemans. Uh Whereas with Kone, um, you know, he's young. He only signed his last contract, I think, a year ago, maybe two years ago. Um, it won't be for much. It's probably only about ten to 15000 a week at most. Um, so I think twenty to 25000 to begin with um, for what would be a squad player um, should, should be um, ample to get his agents to agree to a deal. So... I think all told between the two, we're looking at around a hundred to one hundred ten thousand a week for the two players. Can I ask okay. a question on Ramsey? Right. So, if Milner's going, Ramsey is signing. I assume that Nico is being sold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But so Ramsey is eighteen. So if anything happens to Trent, you all of a sudden you have just got an eighteen-year-old. I, or, I, or Milner. The more we, yeah, yeah the more we go Milner through it, it's probably worth keeping Milner for a year. Mm. Mm. It probably and, is and, worth and Gomez and Gomez. Gomez, yeah. Gomez. Gomez will be the primary backup at right back next yeah. season, regardless. Because the only way we keep Gomez, and we'll get into it, obviously, is is he's going to have to get more minutes. Like he's not going to stay for the season like what he's just had. So. I think Gomez will play a bit more right back next season and then Ramsey will just be allowed to develop behind him. But it probably is worth keeping Milner for the sole purpose of loaning out Curtis Jones. It's probably worth keeping Milner and letting Curtis go two, and get his... If you're signing two midfielders, right, and, you know, you see, I'd forgotten about Gomez in terms of covering the, the right back as well. So, you know, you... you I don't. I don't think you need to keep Milner. I don't think you need to renew him if you're signing. If we're definitely signing two players. Remember, we're losing Ox. We all. We. Need, I think we need I one as things right, stands. Okay. Um. Yeah. We're, Ox is gone. We haven't done this. The definite outs. <laughs> Who's the definite outs, boss? Ox, Nico, Nat, uh, Taki, Divock. That's yeah, it. They're the Gomez is, Gomez is not. Gomez is not going anywhere. Gomez on the what if list. Yeah, so we we are already an hour in, guys. So this is crazy. Well, um, we'll run through the what ifs, but are we are we all agreed then on Kone and Telemans? I think the wages yes. will be a bit higher than what Moles said, but I think so too because I've just read somewhere that that he might already be on hundred k plus Telemans. Telemans is getting one hundred and twenty k without question wherever he goes. Yeah, like it's fantasy to suggest he'll get anything less than that. Yeah, I reckon hundred. Um, and Kone is going to come in on probably. 30. So you could say 150 grand between the two of them. That's basically Divock and Taki's wages combined. Done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ox as well. They're all on decent wages, you know. They're all on decent Ox wages. Ox on so, big money. Yeah, and that's on big money too. So, the, the, honestly, it's a joke. So, um, anyway, let's move on to the what if then, Dave. Um, we've got some the major conundrums coming up this summer is that we have three of we have the legendary front three all coming mm. up for renewal. Uh, we love them. We absolutely love them. There's times. Here. Let, let's do the easier two first, Gag. So the easier two are left back and centre back. So 
Left back is if Costas leaves. Now, the only scenario I think that Costas would leave is someone offers us massive money, like an offer we can't say no to, like 35 million or something. I, I think he's more than happy to stay another year. Yeah, I think he's fine. absolutely in love with the place. So it's only if someone offers us a big, a big, big pile of money for him. Um, the three I've got are Aaron Hickey of Bologna, Scottish left back, was in Hearts Academy, really, really promising. Like a, like what you'd imagine a Scottish Joe can say it to be. Doesn't have the flair, but two-footed, can play a bit in midfield, likes to come in field and, and be part of the build-up play. Owen Window, uh, Azad Alkmaar, just a really good nuts and bolts left back, good going forward. And Jamal Lewis, who I just think could be a bit of a bargain, and we know we've liked him in the past. And he's definitely on the outs at Newcastle. Now, he is coming back from a quad injury, so that could be a concern. But they'd be the three there. Um, and centre-back then is Joey Gomez. And again, I think it's more if if we get a massive offer. There's probably a possibility Joe could ask to go. But the three I've got there are Maxence Lacroix, Edmund Topsapa, and David Carmel. They'd be the three I'd, I'd go for. They all fit the profile of what we look for in centre-backs. Big. Dominant, quick, and um, in Carmel's case, he's left-footed, so it would give us a bit of balance. So, from my point of view, I don't think either are going to go anywhere. Neither do are I. You gonna, are you going to put your foot down, boss, and say... You've... Yeah, I, I, they're not going. They're not. You're not keeping unhappy players, though. So if Gomez asks to leave, you know Klopp is going to allow Yeah, you. but but... Because it's all about assumptions, Gomez is very happy and understood that his first year back from an absolutely nightmare of an injury was going to be rough in and out. And, you know, at the end of the season, he did have a couple of really good performances that, and a good pre-season now, a proper pre-season, because last year's pre-season wasn't really a pre-season for him. It was just literally starting to run, you know. So this pre-season is going to really get him back into that uh, back four fight and then also cover for, for Trent when we need it. So, yeah, I, th- I can see him playing a lot more games, you know, next year. And I can also see Virgil being managed a little bit better next year, just after what happened at the end of this. So not being played for games where he's literally not always needed, you know. Um, obviously, the big games, 100%, every Champions League game, and, you know, top half table, whatever, fine. But some of the dross, co- co- you know, Canati can cover and just give you, give those legs a bit of a rest. So, and, you know, play Canati and Gomez. Things like that. What, I whatever. Can't play with Gomez when he'll be starting next to Virgil. Matip and Gomez will be the back. Yeah, apparently. Matip and Gomez. You know what I mean. Either way, you know, there's going to be rotation. So that's guaranteed. Um, so let's move on, um, Dave. And let's go to the next batch of what-ifs. Right, so... We'll start with the Bobby situation. Bobby is Bobby's the one of the front three who I think is probably easiest to do a new contract with because I think he'd do a shorter term deal. I don't think he'll be looking for a raise in money. I think he's one that we could run into the ground for the next couple of years, and he probably doesn't have a whole lot of value on the transfer market. But... If he wants to go and be a starter somewhere and he's not happy being like the fifth choice attacker, which is what he is now at Liverpool, then perhaps he moves on. Now, I had done a list of four, but one of them was Adam Plazek. 
and I get the feeling he is going to Borussia uh, to Bayer Leverkusen. So he's won Adam Hlasek of um, Spartak, Sparta Prague. Um, the other three then I've got are Brian Brobby of um, RB Leipzig, currently on loan at Ajax. He's a bustly kind of all-action forward. Really like how he carries the ball, can play centrally, can play wide. Powerful player. He'd be third on my list. The top two are João Pedro of Watford, who I just really like. I think he's got a massive ceiling. I think he's the type of player that can really be developed into a Bobby type of false nine. And then my top choice is Charles de Catelier from Club Bruges, who reminds me really strongly of um, Kai Havertz, that same sort of tall, upright, composed player, great touch, great technical ability, can play as a false nine or as an out-and-out nine if need be. It's like a cross between Havertz and Patrick Schick, that sort of build. He's, he's better built than, than Kai, stronger. Can play wide, can play as a 10, massive talent. He'd be my top pick, then Joe Pedro, and then Brobby, because I, I do think Klozik is off the is off the radar now with, with the Leverkusen thing. Okay, let's go to the numbers. Darth? Yes, so... I really like the two players that Dave has listed, both of them, De Ketelaer and um, João Pedro. Now, um, both of them are really good. De Ketelaer is only 21, um, and João Pedro is only 20. Um, now, Pedro, um, the, only, the only weaknesses, real weaknesses, is, is in putting the ball on the back of the net, but he's 20, and, that, and that's going to come... He 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 looks. He's he's got five point four dribbles a game for ninety in his last two seasons. Fifty two percent completion. That is really really standout compared to all these other forwards. And there's other forwards on these other lists as well for Dave, um, as well. Um, and his his off ball defensive work also very good. Um, tackles, interceptions, blocks in terms of his in in, in, in the attacking half as well. Um, De Catalaire. This might be a product of his team, and he plays, but he's a pressing monster in terms of that false nine position. Ninety um, fifth percentile for presses in um, in Europe as well. So he he again his weakness is the putting the ball in the back of the net thing. Um, but um, in terms of the actual finishing, the only one I would say say to Dave is I know he's on the other lists as well for the other players, but um, Christopher and Kunku. Right, if we're talking about the Bobby role, mm. he, he's the one. The only reason I went with the, this list was more a sort of money out versus money in thing. Yeah, so I was sort of looking at like what's the maximum we get for Bobby? I think it's probably twenty five million. Yeah, so that's that's why Nkunku's on the other list, even though I, I would be looking at him more in that sort of as a Bobby Sadio false nine kind of hybrid type because. The reason reason I was just mentioning Nkunku now is I agree with the rationale about the money in, money out, is that um one of the things that we've said on the pressure a lot is that with the thing that Jota and Sadio both lack compared to Bobby in that role is 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 build up. They're they they they're they're both better getting on the end of things and than Bobby was uh, but in terms of the build up and the learning the pressing roles, maybe not quite as good as Bobby was, but uh, at peak. But um, 
the weaknesses were in build-up. Now, of all the players Dave's listed, and Kunku is by far, by far the best in build-up, off the ball, and his creativity, as well as being an astonishingly good um, finisher as well, um, and, and, and goal scorer. So, in terms of the, in terms of that role, in terms of if you, if you were, if we still envisaged playing a front three with two very, very high, wide attacking forwards, Diaz, Mo, you know those kind of positions. Um, with a slightly deeper nine, if we're looking for that more creative side of things, then Unkunku is is the pick. He's the absolute standout. Um, but Joao Pedro does, and and and, and Ketelev both have a lot to like. I mean, obviously Joao Pedro is um, he's been he's relegated, but he is part of the um, the the Watford factory, isn't he? The um, oh, what's it called the dynasty, the the family who owned him. The Pozos. So, the Pozos, yeah. He is part of their factory, so you know, he's probably gonna get sold sold on. But in terms of us picking up relegated talent, best players from he he would fit that bill as well. Mm. And as he said Dave said he's 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 got a this lot of Ketelé is tall, man. Yeah, he's a big, big unit. Like like I say, he's he's like plays like Kai, but he's built like Patrick Schick. He is a proper unit. Um yeah, I mean, he's. I really like him. I think he could fit really well. Like Dan's. Like, look, the 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 choice would be Nkunku, but he's obviously on the Sadio list. But if we were buying someone with the Bobby money, De Ketelier would be would be probably my top choice. But I do love Joe Pedro. There's just something about him, the way he goes about how he plays. I think there's huge potential. Like he could end up being sold to Udinese for twenty five p in a bag of footballs because that's how that family works. But if we could steal him, he'd be something else to get, and he knows the league already, which is which is a promising thing. But I mean, I'm, while you're talking about him, I'm watching videos. The touch for this guy, this mm. for this big guy, the touch he's got, Jesus, technically sound, proper, really, you know, just some video analysis. I know it's on YouTube, but he is with this letter. We may struggle with the Brexit rules. May right, May. Ducatier. yeah. He's not a nas- he's not international, is he, or is he? He is, I believe. Uh, I believe he is. Let me just—I'm almost certain he's got—he's got at least a cap. Uh, the, uh, he has six caps and one goal over the last kind of twenty months or so. That would help, and then a lot if he's. Got his and he's played in Champions League as well, as Ash said just now. So, yeah, it would help. Um, I mean. He's he, yeah, he looks good. I like him. I really like him. Um, Mo, numbers on this one in terms of um, monies. Okay, so if we uh, start with the centre backs to begin with, um, let's... no, don't even bother because Gags has made the decision that Joe uh, Joe has been locked up under lock and key, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and Costas is far too happy to leave. So just just do the forwards. And you know we'll, why we'll... as well though? Because we need to focus on midfield in these forwards this summer. We just do. Okay. We're okay at the moment. The back, just the right back, really. But everything else, we need to sort. Yeah, go on. Sorry, man. Okay. So, uh, right. Well, in terms of a potential uh, Bobby replacement, um, João Pedro, I have valued at fifteen million. Um, obviously, young player um, started to get more minutes under the Hodge um, towards the end of the season, um, but still was a peripheral player overall for Watford and obviously they've been relegated as well. And Watford and the Pozzo family are all about bringing players in 
and then moving him on. And um, so I think 50 million would be enough to convince them to part ways with him. Um, Brian Bobby, I have uh, valued at 12 million pounds. Um, I think that would be enough um, to prize him away from Leipzig. Um, though his agent was the late uh, Mino Raiola. Um, so that agency hasn't disappeared just because he himself has passed away. Um, so, you know, th there would likely be a premium um, in terms of agents' fees um, were we to go in for him. Um, De Catelier is a player that um, is the highest touted of, this, of those players. Um, so his value would be 25 million. Um, Bruges um, have sold, um, you know, players at a kind of premium for a Belgian club. Um, notably Wesley only in 2019 to Aston Villa for about 20 million. So, um, you know, he is one of their star players now. And mm. so I, th I think 25 million would be what they would be looking for for him. Um, so clearly more expensive than the others, but, you know, the, the upside is, you know, he, he seems to have the greatest potential of, of the players that we've talked about. And if you wanted to be in gazumping mode, um, I did, I had valued Adam Lozek at 18 million as well. The one thing to say is we, we do have a decent relationship with Club Bruges hmm. from when we sold them Mignolet. We did them a bit of a favour on that deal. So um there could be there could be a you know a decent relationship to tap into there. Um, I had forgotten that I had forgotten that Broby was uh, was a Mino client and based on the the numbers going round as as to what they got out of the um the Haaland deal, I don't know that I'm just, I still don't know that I'd want any part of uh over Iola client. No, I, I'm absolutely sold on Charles, to be honest. Just having a name like Charles in the team's hilarious. Mm. But the thing is with him as well is like he could play as the nine, he can play as a 10 in a 4-2-3-1, he can play off the right in a 4-2-3-1 as well. So you're getting a guy that could just be a really valuable player to have in the squad who can play multiple positions. He's played as an eight before as well. So, you know... You could drop him in there if if you were stuck and needed somebody. He's got, I think he's got pretty much everything you'd want in a player. He's really intelligent as well, like super intelligent. This kid was going to be a solicitor if he hadn't become a professional footballer. He was actually at university to become a solicitor. So this is a super intelligent kid. Yeah, I like that as well. Yeah, he's my choice. To if we were to sell, if Bobby was to leave, the what if situation. I would like to bring a young player like this guy in. Also, again, at least Bobby contingency. Yeah, yeah, and also, and also, it's just another thing about the height. Just I love, mm. I love that we we just become a huge team. It's literally unbeatable sometimes. <laughs> it's, a really, you can it's a really underrated thing, isn't it? Gatsby, it is. Me, it is. It is. And it, and it, you know, I remember watching that Leicester team. Right, they just had two big lugs of centre back doing it, and they. <laughs> They were fine with it, you know. But yeah. I mean, we, we would have quality height when we were in the Brodge when we had our team of mini. Oh my god, it was terrible, wasn't it? And you just get dominated in the, in, in the middle yeah. of the park, and uh, that spine is all tall. You, you, yeah. you the start of it. You, you just imagine how you know you scare the opposition, intimidate them even before you start. You know, it's just one of those things. It happens to some, and you know, maybe that doesn't happen as much, but I think it does. Anyway, Mane. Dave, let's go to Mane next. Yeah, okay, so Sadio's obviously been playing the number nine position. 
I think he's probably, if he sticks about, he's pro- that's probably his primary position moving forward. I think Carvalho's most likely to become the alternative to Diaz on the left. So I think Sadio will play most of his games through the middle. So I've looked at this from two angles. Do we want someone who is that sort of, you know, non-traditional striker, that false nine-ish type player who can drop off and, as Dan said, be involved in the build-up play? Do we want an out-and-out nine? Do we want to change a little bit and go for that focal point in attack? So I've got basically two options for each. The two non-traditional nines would be Nkunku, who Dan has mentioned is just off the charts. He's been utterly ridiculous this season. Sensational footballer, can do everything, can play pretty much everywhere as well. Started off as a midfielder, can play as an eight, can play as a ten, can play both wings, can play up front. Basically, Whatever you want him to be. On the weekend as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and, he's, and the thing with him is he's a big game player. Like He turns up in big games. He's got the right mentality. He's the type of guy who could have pace stuck about well. PSG. Yeah, he's got he's got pace. He's an incredible dribbler. But what I love about him is he could have stuck at PSG and been happy enough to just, you know, be a squad player, be Neymar's backup slash, you know, kit man or whatever. But he would have played a ton, obviously, because Neymar is only a part-time footballer. But he didn't want that. He forced his way out, forced his way to Leipzig to go and play every single game. He's adapted year after year to a different type of role different position. He's on his third manager there now. He's excelled under each of them. Nkunku is is sensational. If you want a non-traditional nine, he's, he's I think, the one to go for. The other option I've got there is Ar- Arnaut Denjuma, who we have been linked with. Was at Bournemouth, didn't really impress in the Premier League, but did well in the Championship, went to Villarreal, started off like a house on fire this year. We obviously played against them in the Champions League in the first leg. He didn't impress, but that was more down to the fact that they never left their own half. Um, he's a very good player. He's a bit like a Memphis Depay light. can play wide, can play through the middle, good hold-up play. He's strong, he's quick. What his ceiling is, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much more there is for him to go, but he is a good player, and he would be a a fit, shall we say. And then I looked at sort of absolute nines, like proper number nines, guys that will lead the line, guys that will get you goals through the middle. Uh, The first one is Darwin Nunes, whose name has obviously done the rounds a few times. We know what Darwin's about. He's big, he's strong, he's quick, can carry the ball, he scores goals. He's not a particularly good passer of the football, but that's in large part down to who he's played with and, and what's been asked of him. I think that can be developed. But Darwin will get you goals no matter what team you put him into. My other option here is Victor Asimian of Napoli. And I think he is the total package. I think he is bordering on being ready to absolutely ignite and just take off and bang in 30 goals a season for the next six, seven years. Great in the air, great hold of play, presses like a demon, runs the channels, links play. He's got everything, absolutely everything. The only small little knock on him could be he's had a couple of injuries. They're only niggly injuries, but just something to keep an eye on. If we're looking for a traditional nine, he'd be my pick. If we're looking for a non-traditional nine, Nkunku would be the pick. Darth, the numbers on these are exciting. 
Very exciting. Well, I mean, this, this is this is a this is a quality shortlist here. In terms of actual output, all four are already doing it. They're all very very close as well. Um, in terms of their in terms of their expected numbers, in, you know, throw a blanket over them. It's like point zero three difference between all four of them. So that's Nkunku, Nunes, Osimian, and Danjuma. Um, now, um, but the, 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 what's interesting though is the profile by which they make those up because, um, as Dave said, uh, Nkunku and uh, and Danjuma do have a lot more expected assists, chances created. Um, you know, key passes, that kind of stuff, gags. Whereas you know, than the other two, so they're more they're more balanced. They have a more balanced output rather than the other two, like Dave said, pure nines, which were not all, all scoring output, yeah, and, and shooting output. Um, <clears throat> just a few other things on, on Simeon. Um, he's one of the few players in a whole of Europe that shoots more than Mo Salah. Three three point eight shots per game, which is just astonishing. That's like Harry Kane back in the day levels, yeah. Um, and and Kunku has got four point eight shot creating actions per game. That is just incredible um, for for his team. So basically, you know, we, that, that think about that gags. It's five five shots or assists, uh, five shots or key passes every match. He's involved in himself, um, um, which which is which is fantastic. They're, they're particular highlights of, of, of across these uh, four players. Now, it's. Personally, um, I think Unkunku because he 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 can play in more than one position. Um, but to, to be honest, it's much as much about what you want to say. There is not a weak candidate here. Um, maybe Danjuma is you know people will turn their nose up at him because of his, his past, uh, you know, with um with Bournemouth. But he, he his numbers you can't argue with his profile. No. It's one of those ones where he's not sexy, Gags, but if you just look at, you know, the process, what he does, it's very good. Yeah, if I'm replacing mine, then I'm going sexy. So, um, <laughs> Mo, what's um, what, what's the figures like in terms of how much it's going to cost me, dude, this? Okay, so uh, we're talking big numbers with these players then. Um, let's start with uh, Dan Juma. Um, so he's Firstly, before you, do, before you do, how much are we getting in for Mo? Uh, Mane, sorry. Okay, well, we're not going to get in the same amount as we will for the players that we're going to talk about, with one exception, possibly. Uh, I mean, I think with Mane, we're probably talking around 60 million at best, probably 50 to 60. Um, I'd be shocked if we get more than that from anyone. I mean, he's 30 years old, he's got only a year left on his contract. Um, you know, if we if we get sixty million, then Julian Ward um, has played an absolute blinder. Who, of course, is a fellow colleague of ours. Now, with with these four players, then let's start with Anjuma. Um, I value him uh, at forty five million. So, um, going back to what Dan was touching upon, um, perhaps not quite as sexy as hyped up as some of the others. Um, so, I think forty five million. Uh, would be enough um, to tempt Villarreal. With the other three, um, Nunez uh, obviously is a player that we talked about back in the January transfer window, at which point I valued him at £40 million. But certainly in the second half of the season, his stock has only risen and risen considerably at a very appreciable rate. 
and there's clearly many suitors for his signature. And I think we'd be looking at probably in the region of eighty million pounds for him, which does sound high. But I think Benfica um, will have plenty of offers in for him, and so I think they can easily drum up a bit of a bidding war for him and secure in the region of eighty for him. Um, and this, by the way, is a club that managed to sell Jao Felix what two years ago, uh, three years ago to. Um, Atletico for about 115 to 120 million. Um, so, so they know how to get good value for um, their prized assets. Um, Victor Simon is a player that um, obviously has done well for Napoli. His numbers uh, may not be quite as high as uh, Nkunku or Nunez, um, though Napoli, don't forget, did pay um, with add-ons um, in the region of about 60 million pounds um, to secure his signature um, a couple of years back. So um, they would certainly not look to sell him for less than that, given his stock has also increased. So I think we're looking at a minimum £70 million to attempt Napoli to sell, um, but it, it might even be more than that. And then um, Nkunku, obviously a Leipzig player, club that we have a good relationship with. Um, I, I think that we'd be probably looking again at similar numbers to Nunez at £80 million, secure his signature though he has got two years left on his contract so now is the optimum time for Leipzig to sell the player and uh, also should be noted that Nkunku's agent is Pini Zahavi who's one of the top super agents in the world though Zahavi is likely to cash in on the sale of Lewandowski uh, likely to Barcelona um, so he's probably going sorry uh, and that will be a free transfer because uh, if I'm not mistaken Dave oh he's got a year left Oh, he's got a year left. Right. OK. But nonetheless, I, th- I think that there will still be a reasonable signing on bonus, even with a year left. Plus, I think um, Lewandowski is clearly the most high profile of all of his plays, even though Nkunku is clearly going to go uh, for a higher transfer fee. Um, so the point being, um, the, the fee we may have to pay for Zahavi if we sign Nkunku wouldn't be quite as high as if Nkunku was the only big deal that Zahavi was going to be making this summer. Uh, but I think overall, uh, between Nunes and Nkunku, we're, we're looking at a region of about £80 million. Pounds. All £80 million. Which is which is fine if you're getting in 50 60 for money, to be honest. You know, that that, that, that makes sense, that level of investment. Wages-wise, what are you thinking? So, n- none of these players will be on... Um... 100,000 a week or more at the moment. Um, we certainly have in Nunez a player that, you know, he's only 22. Uh, his last um, contract extension was before he went into this really prolific um, spell. So he, he might be on with Benfica anywhere from 20 to 40,000. So, uh, you know, he would be a player that nonetheless, though, with the size of transfer fee, would not agree to any uh, wages which would be less than 100,000. Uh, I think probably... So it's, it's looking incredible at... raise, though, for him, isn't it, from what he's on? Oh, it would be. It yeah. would be. But, uh, yeah, we, we certainly wouldn't be talking 200,000 a week to begin no. with, despite the transfer fee. So I, I think in the region of anywhere from 120 to 150,000, depending on how strong, um, you know, the agents are at negotiating a deal. Nunes, by the way, I should have mentioned, is represented by... Uh, George Mendes, who we have, as you know, a uh, very good relationship with. So 
Um, you know, he, he's somebody we've dealt with and done good, bit, good business with. Um, so again, that adds a bit more weight to making the deal there rather than with Nkunku. Um, yeah, but, like uh, nowadays too, Mo, I feel. We do like Yeah, Porsche. Yeah, we do, absolutely. And, and Kunku, I think, I think we'd be looking at a similar kind of uh, wage of 120 to 150 a week to begin with. But obviously, we do pay significant sums in bonuses. So, you know, if we have a, a strong season next season, like this season, then with bonuses and add-ons, um, they, they'd be averaging, you know, 250 to 300,000 a week uh, with gold bonuses, win bonuses, etc. Mm. Okay. Um, so whilst, you know, Darwin's Darwin, we picked Darwin before for a reason, but um, the other two, I can't say his name, Simeon. Simeon just looks amazing. Uh, and obviously Nkunku is incredible, man. He's he, What I like about Nkunku is that he covers... He's, he literally could become another Mo in our setup. You forget Mane could become another Mo in the setup with the numbers he's putting up right now and also just watching him creativity-wise and goal-scoring-wise and strength. He's so strong as well. So strong. Like, just... Yeah, he's he's just like a total package of a forward. But uh, with with Mkunku to... as well, he'll also when drop drop back into midfield from a, from the, from the centre forward position to give like overloads, you know, four on two, four on three overloads for us. So that's, what's, that's what's... one thing that he will do. And sure. his pressing's good as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's, it's a it's a coin toss between him and and Simeon. To be honest, it is. Simeon uh, can I... only play one position, though, right? I know, and that's why I'm edging towards Nkunku because. I think having that flexibility in our forwards is ideal, really, for Klopp and the way Pep will probably want to go forward with the squad. Um, the next evolution, you know, might be that. Um, Unless he wants to play four-two-three-one, and then you're future-proofing by getting Osemian. You get your nine. If you if you don't, then you've still got to go and do that. And I mean, the price what, doesn't matter, does it? It's a, they're all the same, so it's, it's they're all in the same kind of money. Uh, Dan Juma would be the cheaper one. What I would say is I would also, we've obviously, the next thing to discuss is the Mo replacement. Nkunku and that's another there. opportunity to get on Kung. Yeah, yeah, let's go with Simeon. Because I, I, I mean, I was just watching him as well and the hang time. Like, honestly, we haven't had anything like that in our team like, for a long time. In fact, ever, probably. <laughs> no one heads a ball like that, you know, for us and... I think Dave put it in the chat when I mentioned it in the chat, because obviously we're on Discord, folks, amphilinius.com forward slash Discord, um, is that, you know, the way we cross the ball, we, 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 we sometimes go crazy at crossing, and if it finds someone's head like that, we've already got a Jota and a Mane who've done well, you know, with crosses, but this guy could probably take it to another level. He's so, very quick as well. Very, exactly, very quick. Exactly. So I think, you know, I think Darth, you said maybe his passing... Not the best, but when you want, when you've got a nine, I think we want a different type of nine. Yeah, what we have now is is the guy, you know, in terms of Bobby, completely different. Where you, you know, you do expect him to do that link up. But if we do evolve into a different place, and or even if you want the option of I just being able yeah, to switch. Well, I just yeah? think we've got to be sure because we don't want to end up the situation where, um, like that Chelsea found themselves in, where they they were, they, they didn't need to buy. Um, Lukaku because they were actually a better team with Havertz and playing four three three false nine, and they they've now 
stuck with somebody who they, who doesn't suit them and they can't get the best out of. And I guess I unless, would unless we're thinking about, and I know we always like to have options and stuff, but I'm hmm. just saying I guess that we need to be careful. You know, it's four. You know, it's four three three. It's the system is the system is the system, and if we sh- you know he can only play one role. If we're sure going to keep playing him at centre forward in the four three three, fine, yeah. But we we need to mitigate that with more build up from the wide forwards and the two eights. I've had counter this point with Darwin because we we we've gone for Darwin in the past, and apparently his link up isn't the best or as good as what we have in the team currently either. And his yeah. passing. So if we're you know if we were willing to do it then. It, and Sam Sam's not in the chat anymore. It's a shame. Sam had a Sam had a Darwin radar, and his like passing was basically non-existent. Yeah, so if it's worse than Jota's, and we're already going mad at Jota all the time about it, then uh, yeah, it doesn't. Like Sadio's build-up play is not particularly good either. Like, no. what's he got? One one assist this season. Yeah, yeah, like, he's a bit of a black hole with a first touch, like a curb as well. So. <laughs> You know, it, it is just sort of Bobby who does What's that. Like yeah, yeah kick it. it to him and it comes straight back to you. Kirby, it's a game and, of Kirby, perfect. And, and, yeah, and Mo, but you know, and like you know, if you play Jota centre forward, you have to mitigate it by Mo being the deepest of the three forwards to provide the creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I let's go, let's go with him, Dave. Yeah, Sean, Sean just said the same in the chat. Mo, Mo, Mo is the creative link in that situation. Mm. Yeah, with a 9-9, yeah. With a nine, nine. Yeah. Okay. yeah, okay, that's done, right? I think this is an easy one for Mo, mate. I've already made my decision. I don't even have to go through the book, but you can... Well, you can I'm going to go through them anyway, because I've done yeah. the list. It's taken time to do it. <laughs> you so, know who I want now. You've sold it already. Yeah, You've so the, the two I put forward were, were Rafinha, obviously. He's been linked in the past. We know he's a really good player. And... Uh, Oyarzabal. Oyarzabal's a really good, really intelligent player from Real Sociedad. Can play both sides. He has some versatility, versatility to his game. He's a really clever player. Um, and he gets goals. But I think Nkunku would be the top pick here because he can play right. He can also play left and Diaz can come across and play right. We've seen Diaz play right side this year and be really good. I think Nkunku's ability to be flexible is massive and he can play in a multitude of positions. And if Sadio were the one who stayed and Mo left, then Nkunku in on the right and him and Sadio being able to switch positions is something we could look at as well. We've seen this season when Jota played right, Sadio central and Diaz off the left, Sadio and Jota switched a couple of times. So Nkunku, I think, would be the, would be the go here. Uh, he's obviously the most expensive of them, but he is the best of them. I do love Rafinha. I think he's a wonderful player. But if you're replacing Mo, I think you're looking mostly to replace the creativity, but you also need the goals. And I think Nkunku gives you the best balance of everything. Now, obviously, he's right-footed rather than left, so he'd play it slightly narrower than Mo does, but I, I do think Nkunku is the pick here. So, I... Agree with the Unkunku is the best one on the list. However, mm. Gags, go on then. There's one thing that hasn't been mentioned at all yet, is that mm. Mo is left footer coming off the right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important balance to the system with it coming inside. Yeah, um, we know that Jota is right off right footed. So 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 is Mane. So is um, uh, Diaz. Um, and uh, Simeon is also right footed. Um, and so is Unkunku. So the thing with Rafinha and Oyazabel 
and Jared Bowen, who for bre- reasons of Brexit has not been included on the shortlist when he should have been based on his performance. So, but he's there. Well, no, he's not included, Dan, because he's a forty million pound player that West Ham are going to ask seventy million for. Right, it's the same right. reason Declan Rice right. wasn't included in the so midfielders. It's, it's the Premier League tax. Yeah, hundred percent. Like oh. he had a very good season. There's no doubt he had a really good season. Twelve goals, twelve assists in the league. Yeah. Um, he played a ton of minutes. Played in Europe, but he is West Ham. Especially now, he's just been called up for England. Yeah. David Gould and David Sullivan are just getting those porn magazines ready and rubbing their little greedy Next hands together. Day. That's exactly it. it. Yeah. So anyway, so but the thing with but you know the, the Oyazabal, Rafinha, and Bowen are all left-footed coming off the right. So that that is the that is the big attraction with the Mo replacement for me as well. Um, that, that's another reason why I would prefer Unkunku as the Sadio replacement. In this scenario, but um, in terms of the stats gags, um, Rafinha and Oyazabal are a level below the four we already discussed as the Mane replacements in terms of all mm. their numbers, all their attacking numbers across the board. They're good, but they're not at the levels of Jota, Mane, Salah, Firmino, let alone Nkunku, Nunez, Asimian, and Danjuma. So they are good players. The, the highest of the three is actually Bowen over over um, Rafinha and. Um, um, oh, Yazabal, but they're 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 all good forwards, but they're they're all a cut, cut below the 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 ones that which have been mentioned. Rafinha is heavily held back by being on a garbage team. That that is an atrocious Leeds team. Um, I don't think the left footer is as important. If we now, obviously, it would depend on Sadio and Mo going. Like, if we had an out and out nine, and our main goal outlet was the nine. I don't think the left footer coming in field would be as big a, a deal. Do you know what I mean? Like, because you're not looking for as much of a goal scorer from that position than you are when Mo is there, because Mo is the primary goal scorer in a Mo Sadio uh, Diaz front three. If it's a if it's a Diaz in Kunku or Diaz Osimian pair, and you're looking for that right side, I think you're probably priority has got to be the creator and that's where it's in Kunku by I think a considerable margin Yeah, so if we're saying that if if, if if what if Salah leaves, what if Salah doesn't sign, re-sign, then yeah it has to be in Kunku, he's the only one who's got the creative To be honest, and, 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 and Bowen um, but he's a level below, it's a slight level below in Kunku and his, his creativity so, um, but yeah they would be the ones gags, I mean Rafinha's got good creativity numbers but a lot of that is um, is set pieces, dead, dead ball delivery. It, it, he is not. He, he's yeah, got, good, he's got solid numbers in open play, and he would improve at a better team. But he does. He does take all lead set plays. Yeah, and just to make aware, we're aware. Mo has said in a in a press conference today that he's staying next year no matter what. But we are doing this as a what-if section, okay? So remember, this is what we have to plan. So it's what... Mo is only staying if Mo signs a contract because there's not a hope Liverpool allow him to go into the last year of his contract. There's not a chance that Liverpool allow him to I think he's signing. I think he's signing. I do as well. We're we're doing this because, like we said, we want to cover our bases and we want to make sure we cover all three forwards. As we said, they're legendary for us. We're just going to cover all three bases, even though we know what that news is. So, um, Mo... Numbers-wise, you've already done Nkunku, so the others? Okay. 
Um, so I'll come on to um, both Rafinha and Oyazabal in just a moment, but just a very quick, interesting aside on Cuckoo. He had actually agreed a deal with Arsenal at the end of the January transfer window in 2019, so three years ago. Uh, personal terms were agreed. The medical might even have happened. And he was then at PSG. And that deal wasn't concluded because um, Arsenal offered a fee of about 17 million and PSG were pushing for a little bit more. So had they gone up to about 2022, the deal likely would have been concluded. Now, the deal wasn't concluded. He then joined um, Leipzig um, for about 11 or 12 million six months later in the summer of 2019. And Arsenal missed out on a player who... Uh, could have become a real top, 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 top talent for them. Um, so if we were to sign him, um, you know, we would be able to have endless banter um, at the expense of Arsenal fans over that deal. Um, Even more term- banter. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> if there isn't enough. <laughs> Wait till we take Saka off them in two years' time after they've missed Champions League a couple more years. Then there'll be real banter oh, to be really. Oh, yeah, him either. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, certainly in terms of Rafinha and Oyazabal, uh, 40 million, I think, is what would be enough to um, get him away from Leeds. Leeds, um, I think only in the last week or so, had again talked about valuing him at 50 million, but clearly they would sell for less than that. Um, so I think 40 million would be more than enough, possibly even less than that. 35 million plus add ons might be enough um, with Oyazabal. Um, 35 million should do uh, for the player. Um, though, again, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but. Uh, I think that he suffered a crucial ligament injury um, just a couple of months back, and he is out until at least October. And that so is the expectation. Right. That is the expectation. But it will also it'll bring his value right the way down. I mean, this is a guy that I think transfer market have him about sixty five million. I think they turned down like sixty million from last summer. So you're kind of looking to take advantage of the fact that. He is out with a with a severe enough injury. Um, yeah, it's not ideal, obviously, but he is he is an outstanding player and he is well worth well worth consideration. Nine goals, three assists, and just over sixteen hundred minutes in La Liga is not a bad return, considering it was a very hit and miss uh, Sociedad team this season. Yeah, totally. So. Yeah, th- those are the figures. Um, clearly, in Kunku, um, considerably more expensive, but um, you know, you you pay, you get what you pay for, and within Kunku, you're getting a very, very top class player, um, who is, as as both of you guys have mentioned, level above at least uh, both Rafinha and Oyazabal. Yeah, I think that's made my choice. I know you're the best, guys. You've got to get. As I know as what you're saying about the left foot dude, but I think, um, I think he's just levels above and you know sometimes Mo needs to use his right as well and he doesn't so <laughs> you know there'll be there'll be there'll be there'll be loads of things I mean you just can't argue with the numbers and the strength and the I mean imagine if you ended up getting two of these players because to, you know in the, in, in the years do, do we all think Mo stays I think so I think so I, think, I think he stays as well. I'm curious what 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 Dan and and Mo think with regards to. Hey, let, let's ask this way: Do you think 
any of them leave, and if you do, who's the most likely one to go of the front three? Can I go first? Yeah. I think um, I think Bobby goes for free a year down the line. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Bobby stays this summer. Um, I think Mane leaves this summer, and I think Mo stays. Yeah, uh, that's kind of where I am as well. What about the other two boys? Um, I'm, um, I'm, I think the most likely of the three to leave is Salah, unfortunately, and um, because I just don't know if this is all about money. Um, the longer you don't sign a new deal, the the more you the more you're missing out on the payment, the, the difference between your current salary and your new salary, and you know you've already left it a year. And you know how much? Yeah, so I don't know. It just the longer it goes without signing, um, the more the less likely I think he is to renew. And I know we did we did this on a massive podcast with Gavs. We know all the the most complex deal we've ever done in our history. But yeah, it's just I think, I think Dave's right. You know, when the player says I'm staying, I think there's a, there's an element of you know he I know he, signing, though, did he? he said I'm staying for another no, year. No, no, he's not going to say I'm signing because he doesn't want to. That's a whole social media storm that Liverpool would love to, to, to you know, cash in on and a part and a video that he the, the signing would, would bring in money. You know, every YouTube bid brings in tens of thousands of pounds, right? So yeah. at the end of the day, you need to make sure that, that that's safe for that. Now, if he's staying, people could still, people are now crying that he's going to leave for free, right? So that's that's the next thing that they're doing. But from my point of view, I just don't think that's that's an option. You know, I don't. I think when you've got someone like that talent, and yeah, you can't force him out. And I don't. And I agree with the point that if he wants to leave for free, he will. But if he if he doesn't get a contract, Liverpool will be like, please leave Mo. And I don't, I don't think he's a dickhead. Just don't think he's a dickhead. You know what I mean? I just, you know, some players just aren't dickheads, and Liverpool want to cash in. You're going to get your blimmin' five six hundred k somewhere else. He he will go, but I just well, think we're playing a team on. Uh, we're playing a team on Saturday who um who might have a. Rather serious interest in him, yeah. considering I, Mbappe turned them down. Obviously, we know that Sadio's been linked with Bayern. He's been linked to PSG. If if Neymar leaves PSG, Sadio would make sense for them. He's also been linked with Real Madrid. So I, I think the hope I, for us is that Mo signs, and that maybe we get a bit of a bidding war going for Sadio just to drive the price up a little bit. I think Ward needs to be very smart and actually go up to Real Madrid and say, "Listen." Bayern want Mane, but you lay off too many. We'll give you Mane for a little bit of a knockdown as well. Sorted. You just have to be smart. You have to be smart about these things. I think that's the next. as well would have done. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the that's the the player's not signing a contract. So if Mane is refusing to sign a contract, and then then or whatever, we don't know that. I'm I'm assuming. Then you know he goes, and also there's lots of rumors about Mane, not Mo. There's no smoke sometimes without the fire. No smoke, I mean... there's And there's been no real talk of a Sadio extension either. Nope. Like, there's been no constant talk of it. Sadio's extension has rarely been mentioned. It's just like, oh, they'll begin talks with Sadio. We haven't already. Well, if we haven't already, I don't know that we're going to. And the same thing. Like, I think you could be right about Bobby. I think we run him into the ground next year and he goes for free because... He deserves, you know, deserves a, a big payoff as well. He's done brilliant for us. He's mm. Klopp loves him. He'll give him that respect, you know. But with these two, they still have high, high. You know, they've still got value 
in whoever they go to play for, for the next four years, they could get some numbers, right? Both of them, Mane and Mo. And if you want to keep both of them, both of them will want similar numbers in numbers in wages. That's one thing people don't think about. If you think they're very competitive with each other, they love each other, but they're very competitive with each other. So if if Mo's going to get 400k, Mane's going to be like, I don't want to be that far off him, mate. You know what I mean? It's it's not going to be like, they're both on very similar wages now. If you think one's going to be far from the other in wages, Mm. you're you're having a laugh. That's the thing. They're on the same now. They got got them two and Bobby and Virgil when we won the Champions League in uh, 2019. They all got the same contract. 180 grand plus bonus. Now, the bonuses might be different, but the the base wage is the same. I, I wouldn't be comfortable giving Sadio a three or four year contract because I don't all three I, or that kind of money. No, I don't think Sadio is going to age particularly well. We've already seen decline. I know he's had a good season. I know he's scored goals, but nobody can look at Sadio Mane right now and say, that's the same guy who was the best player in the league the year we won the title. Whereas I think Mo is still that same guy. I think he's obviously exhausted after the season he's had and what they did to him at the AFCON playing him 120 minutes, four different times. But like Dan put up his creativity numbers, they're still the same pre-AFCON and post-AFCON. Mo is still the same guy. I don't think Sadio is, and I think I he's do, only I going to decline. I don't give, I don't give Sadio a, a more than two years max. Mm. Um, yeah. I think they, I think I think the recruitment in our in our team and, and the people the play them. Sorry, the guys behind the numbers know that as well. well That's why there's way more rumours with this. You know, Sadio is is with these players. Was, we've done our job on this to, to to plan for these players if the club if they don't sign in real life because and I think we're signing players who who can replace his output especially Sadio mm. Mm. for I sure mean, you could argue and Kunku's put up better numbers than Sadio for two years in a row yeah 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 you, you, okay you've got it you, the only debate is over the merits of numbers in the Bundesliga versus the Premier League that's it. Um, but there's not that much of a percentage difference, is there? No, it's pretty. Well, Jaden Sancho might tell you that there is. No, no, oh, that's a different no. team, man. Yeah, I think yeah, Sancho yeah. comes into our team. And no, I know, I know. I'm only joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like statistically, I think it's about 10 twelve percent potentially difference. Maybe if he's got if he's got forty, what's he got? Fifty goal involvements this year? Something stupid. Who? So, yeah, what's yeah, it? Some, that, yeah. yeah, so ten percent, twelve percent. You still. Let's do a recap because I think we've done our job really well covering you know all these scenarios. Yes. So midfielders were co. So Mo, would you be comfortable with Nkunku coming in as well? Well, remember this is a what if, so we're only selling one. So it's not like we're selling two. You know, it's always going to be the one or the other. So that's that's the way this pod went. That'll be comfortable with Nkunku for you as well, yeah. Yeah, it would. Yeah, and and just to kind of recap on the on the figures, if I, if if you want me to, um, mm. we're talking at eighty million from Kunku, eighty million from Nunez to take us up to one hundred and sixty, and then with Tielemans and Kone added into the equation, um, we are then with those two at thirty five and twenty million respectively, we are then up to two hundred and fifteen million pounds now what i mentioned earlier about well actually um, Mo, well actually Mo, we're only selling one forward remember so it's we won't we won't be buying two forwards yeah it's what if there's one or the other so it's just ors what we did was just make sure we covered all oh, three okay yeah, yeah yeah so it'd be 80 million plus the two midfielders basically in which case it's 135 um oh, and we you know if if that four that was to go out was sadio um you know we're talking 60 
Um, if it's uh, Bobby, we're talking, you know, around 25. 30 million. And we, you know, yeah, 25, 30. And then, you know, with the figure I mentioned earlier of 120 million, um, never mind whatever we might bring in for the likes of Ox and, uh, you know, Darth Sun and others. Um, you know, there'll be plenty of money to cover. What, no? what would be Moe's? Um, well, I think Moe's an interesting Very one in that, yeah, I mean, it, so with Mo, he is a player that we're probably looking at 100 million plus, maybe in the region about 120 million. You know, 29 years of age, obviously, yeah, left on his contract. But, you know, rewind back to around, was it three years ago when um, the same club, Real Madrid, um, who we're facing in this weekend as we speak, paid, what, 90 million to 100 million pounds for Hazard, who also had a year left on his contract. With massive add-ons, massive add-ons on that deal. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. So I think that we would certainly be able to command in the region about 120 from Madrid. Um, And obviously they had lined up um, a huge amount of money in excess of that um, as a signing on bonus for Mbappe because they thought that deal was over the line. Um, so, you know, that they've got those funds to spend, even though obviously some of that might go towards um, a midfielder that we're quite keen to sign and we thought we had in the bag. Um, but, you know, then the next few days will kind of tell us uh, what, what the outcome of that is. But certainly with Mo, 120 million um, would be the figure that we would be aiming to bring in. And even if it wasn't Real Madrid, even if they turned elsewhere and went for, I don't know, in Nunez or in Kunku, I think there should still be one or two clubs um, who should be able to offer maybe not 120 million, but a very, very sizable amount. Um, Juventus is a club that had been linked with him um, a couple of months back. That Their funds in terms of revenue are not on the level of Liverpool, um, but they do manage um, and, and we saw that, what, three years ago when they signed uh, Ronaldo for um, I think it was £90 million. Um, so, you know, whoever he ends up with, um, I, I think I think we'd be expecting a very, very considerable fee, one of the biggest transfer fees in history. And, you know, let, let's not forget, our owners are businessmen first and foremost, and there is not a chance that all of the front three whose contracts expire in a year will be allowed to run their contracts down simultaneously. So I, I think the likelihood of all three remaining with us going into next season are, are very, very slim. I think one will go at least from the three. Um, my personal expectation is it would be Sadio that will be going, though my preference would be for Firmino to go just because I think he of the three has less, the least amount left in the tank. Yeah, totally understood. So to... Um... Summarise, there you go, as, as, as Mo said, the, the totals, um, Darth. I think that's, that's you know, with the incoming figures of Anox and uh, the wage savings of, say, um, all of those players as well, and then Nico and Nat, who, who will probably go for decent fees, you know, in the tens of millions. Mm. Um, you're, you're actually looking at a really, really solid summer there. Really solid in terms of spend, net spend. It wouldn't be bad at all. No. No, it wouldn't. No. Um, and if and if it is, remember what we haven't covered, like you covered last time. If it is just Chiumeni comes in and then Mane goes, pretty much the same again. You've got eighty and eighty or whatever, and that's 
it's still but, a know, very good scenario. Chilmeni's within budget, and he is the plan A for the, mm. the signings. And you know, and if if Mane goes, then we we we, we invoke the the the, the Mane contingency plan. So uh, and yeah, with with the sixty million from him. So that's the thing. And you've got probably ten to twelve from Nico, ten to twelve from Nash. 15, 16 from Tacky, probably 15 from, from Ox. Um, like that's potentially 50 odd million as well, just coming in from players that this past season, I know Tacky contributed a lot in the Cups, but from a league and Champions League point of view, I mean, Tacky's big involvement obviously was the Southampton goal. Ox didn't really contribute much in the league this season. Nico and Nat barely played in the league this season, so we're not losing anything with those players going yeah. out. And all of that money can then be focused on if it's Chiuameni, brilliant. Obviously, we've said if if it's Plan B, we'd look at Kone and maybe Yuri Telemans, and that that fills the void somehow or some somewhat there in midfield. Um, and then, like Dan said, it's just a matter of contingency. If Mane goes, if Mo goes, yeah, like we could look at a situation where we sell the four I mentioned: Nico, Nash, Taki, and Ox. Plus Sadio, and we bring in somewhere in the 115 to 120 million pound range. And then we sign, say, Chuameni for 70 and Nkunku or Osimian for 150. Yeah. That's not a big net spend at all. No, it's not. It's not. It's nothing. No. It's literally nothing. It's, it's literally saying, Liverpool saying, you know what, we'll go by another one, another player. Because the whole point of this season is reducing those bodies that aren't playing at all and taking money mm. off the wage bill and replacing them with players that are actually going to get minutes in a squad and contribute, you know, and take pressure off of that, the guys exactly that are, the the guys are there now. We need to take pressure off the guys that are in the team. That's what's hurt us at the end of the season, for sure. That's the thing. Like, if you have Ali... Kelleher and Pitaluga as your three keepers, and then Adrian kept around for training purposes. Kelleher will get the cups. Pitaluga's on the bench for the cups. You get Trent and Ramsey at right back. Like we've said, Joe Gomez can fill in there. Milner can fill in there. But there's no wasted money there at all. Same at left back, Robbo and Costas. At right centre back, you've got Ibu and Joel. Left centre back, you've got Virgil and Joe. No wasted money there. Reese is like a fifth centre back, break glass, you know, in case of emergency, whatever. No wasted money. In midfield, you've got, let's say, Kone and Nabi as the right side, Fabinho and Henderson as the sixes, and Thiago and Tielemans as the left side, if that's what how it works out. And then Milner and, and Harvey. Milner is a bit of a waste of money in terms of he earns far too much for what he actually is, but he does offer quite a bit off the pitch and in terms of leadership and versatility and all that. So no real wasted money. And no, then no, if it's... I, with Klopp saying, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine being at Liverpool without... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But then he says all right, these... Man. He gives all these platitudes to everybody, guys. He said we couldn't have won anything without, without Ginny Wijnaldum as well. And then we he's won two cups, manager. almost he, won the league. His man in management is second to none. So. Exactly. Yeah. He, he's, 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 he loves everybody. That's the, the great thing. But if then in your forward line, you've got, say... Salah and Jota as the, the, the two right-sided ones, even though Jota play everywhere. Diaz and Carvalho on the left, and Osimian and Orenkunku plus Bobby to the middle. Like, there's no wasted money there. There's no one who's not contributing. There isn't an ox in that situation. There isn't heavy money being paid out to 
to Dan's kid for, to be the fifth centre-back on 60 grand a week. There's nobody like that. There's no waste of resource. And not, not, not to say waste yeah, of resource, Rigi, but there's... Rigi had a big deal, didn't he? Yeah, it? like he's earning 90 grand a week to yeah, play tacky, three months of the season. Yeah, Taki's on low money compared to Origi was anyway. So, yeah, yeah, um, I agree with that. I agree with the approach. The only one around is, is Milner. Personally, you know, you, you, maybe I'd, I'd say, you know, you, you don't resign Milner and you, you keep you play Jones as well as the... Yeah, I mean, I, I that's what I prefer as well. I think you get... Curtis is a better player than James Milner. There's no doubt about it. But if you really want to develop Curtis and see what he can become, maybe he would make more sense on... on uh, on loan somewhere, but yeah, I mean, you'd rather sell or let let Milner walk, go to Leeds or wherever he wants to go, and keep Curtis. Curtis is more valuable to us. Playing, he'll just keep playing till he's forty five. That's see, that's what I people keep saying. Oh, you give him a contract and then put him on the coach and stuff. James Milner is going to be playing League Two in like twenty thirty because he'll be able to and he'll want to. Do you know? Maybe play for Halifax Town or something. Or Huddersfield. Yeah, boot, no, no, booting lads into the stands. Absolutely no rules. It's James Milner, lads. Lads will be queuing up for his autograph after the game with bruises everywhere and cuts on the face after he's just trolleyed them into the floor. And nobody will mind. Everybody will still love him. That'll be Milner's career. Like, yeah. Let him go and have it. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think we're, what we know is we're in a really good position this summer. The hope, obviously, is, is we do get Chuameni. But the fact is, in multiple positions, we have gone for other players. Like, we went for Julian Brand, didn't get him, got Salah. We went for Mario Gotza, didn't get him, got Mane. You know, we, 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 we haven't gotten our first choice. We went for Ben Chilwell, didn't get him, ended up with Andy Robertson. We don't tend to miss either. The only scenario we haven't covered here today is if Naby leaves. And it's one we did overlook. He's only got a year left. Now, it's a list of one for me, and it's someone we've mentioned. It's Ishmael Benasser. If we didn't get... If Naby left, he'd be the one I'd want. I think he's ideal to come in and replace Naby. So that's that problem solved. If Naby leaves, go and get him. Superb. And I think that's brought us us to a two-hour pod. Uh, 120 minutes. It's like going to extra time. And uh, we don't need penalties this time, thankfully. So, um, yeah, let's hope that's not the case on um, Saturday and we get the job done within 90 minutes. Not, Enjoy not... Paris, dude. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to try and have a great time. Thank you so much to uh, Mo Chatra, Dave Hendrick and Dan Kennett for joining me on this one. I hope you enjoyed it. It certainly was very interesting. Some amazing footballers um, outlined and, and scouted and then, you know, discussed. It's a very exciting summer for Liverpool as well, regardless of what happens this weekend. Um, I am so pumped for what's about to come. It's a really exciting time to be a Liverpool fan. There's really no need for any negativity at all. And um, it's it's just it's just great to have a football club in this position. So try and enjoy yourself. If you're in Paris, stay safe. Have a great time. I hopefully will see you somewhere. Um, there are a couple of AI dues happening, so yeah, get in touch uh, if you want to meet us. But apart from that, yeah, should be uh, should be it's going to be a very successful Klopp era. Remember, the Klopp era goes on for another four after this, at least. So it's going to be fun, a lot of fun. 
Yes, stay tuned to Anfield Index. There will be lots of coverage for the, that final uh, going towards it and afterwards as well. We'll try and get some summer content lined up for you as well. I'm sure Dave Hendrick will be on the airwaves all summer too. Um, yes, thank you guys once again. Catch you very, very soon. Up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.